Hello everybody and welcome to Kazcast episode 27. Today on the podcast um, I had a chat with Darius Knight. Now for those of you that don't know Darius, he is a England representative of table tennis and played in the uh, 2012 London Olympics. It was a real pleasure and very exciting for me to have Darius on the podcast. When I was younger, I really got into table tennis. I really loved it. I was uh, inspired uh, to play because of my dad. My dad used to play professionally and played for England. Um, So I always had this natural inkling for for racket sports. Um, And, you know, I've sort of grew up, love, uh, you know, absolutely love playing table tennis and love playing tennis uh, later on. So for me, um, you know, growing up, I remember watching Darius play. Um, uh, me and Darius are a similar age. So, uh, yeah, I always remember watching him play and, and remember watching him during the Olympics. So it was really exciting for me. And I was really, um, I was really grateful that uh, Gar- uh, Darius got back to me so quickly and, and said that he would he would come on and he was uh, happy to come on. So, yeah, we had a great chat. Uh, we spoke about uh, Darius um growing up in Battersea uh in London and how he first got into table tennis how obsessed and dedicated he was and all the opportunities and amazing life experiences that getting into table tennis have has given Darius from traveling the world to competing in his home grown olympics it was a real pleasure chatting with Darius i i really enjoyed our conversation and I know you guys will enjoy listening to it. So please enjoy my podcast with Darius Knight. There are no constraints on the human mind. No walls around the human spirit. No barriers to our progress except those we ourselves erect. Make your life a story worth telling. Everybody and welcome to Kazcast episode 27. Today on the podcast, we welcome Darius Knight. Darius, thanks for coming on, mate. Much appreciated. Uh, thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thanks for um, thinking of me. No worries, bud. Um, yeah, the first question I wanted to ask you, Darius, was um, I understand you grew up in Battersea in London and I wanted to know sort of how many opportunities you know you, you had to, to get involved in table tennis. Was it something you, you know, you seeked out to do? Or did it just sort of, was it on your doorstep? Was there a, a, lo- a local club you got involved with? And yeah, how did that first come about for you? Uh, I mean, it was it was kind of like on my doorstep. Um, I mean, obviously, when I was a kid, I used to go to a thing called Entry Playground. And um, from then, I used to go there after school, mess around with all your friends and kids. And like a safe environment, you know, where you could do, there's like a tuck shop there where you could eat and buy like little biscuits for like a couple of pence. Um, you could play on the operator systems, you could do football, you could do table tennis, you could do pool, you could do like little sewing stuff or sticking glue and like some kind of like, not construction, but yeah. is it designer technology? There's all those small innocent things you could do as a as a kid. And it was like good fun. But I think table tennis, what we've done in the, my youth club kind of thing was that you could play with the older boys. When I've done like other things, you know, um, the other boys, the older boys always bigger, stronger and more daring. And obviously, 
you know, football is a big physical difference, you know. If yeah. you're, you know, you're, you're seven, you're playing against a, a 10, 11-year-old, that all goes to the same kind of youth club, you know. Uh, so um, so it's always a bit difficult and just political as well. Nobody wants to on your team sometimes. And if I take this kind of thing, it's something that everybody actually just generally found funny, you know. Everybody had their own superpowers. Then the tall, skinny guy, the lanky guy, the yeah. short guy, the guy that's a bit bigger. So, like, everybody had their own advantages. And I always felt that, like, everybody was just happy. There wasn't any kind of, what's the word? You didn't have to touch anybody. So there was never that kind of, oh, but you barged me and I'm going to get you back. Yeah, so it was yeah. really just peaceful, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but then, obviously, after the youth club, there was a thing called uh, York Gardens Templeton's Club, which was like, when I look at it, it was like, across the road from my grand, so it took me about three minutes, four minutes to walk there. Um, so when I stay at my grand, I used to go. I lived quite a lot of, of my life at my grand. And so it was just something that is like, maybe from my school, 15-minute walk, uh, from my mum's house, they were obviously mainly lived. It was like a, a bus ride and maybe 25 minutes on the bus, which in London, London that's nothing. It's like if yeah. you drove it, it'd be five minutes, you know. So stuff like that just made it always kind of like easy and fun. Um, obviously, it was like it was like 50 pence to play for like two and two hours, an hour and a half, two hours. So that was good because it's really cheap and easy, accessible. Um, and obviously, like it was just something that all you know when you're young, you always full of the older boys. Um, the, in, in that in that community center where we played. There was like uh, what else was there? There was like um, dancing that you could do. There was like a library. There was still pans. There's loads of things that you could just do. And uh, my mom used to do dance upstairs. I looked to my to go with her and, and, and like dance with her, which I didn't like. I thought I felt like, this, like, this is for <laughs> yeah. girls. And I always used to be looking downstairs, looking at the boys and kids and adults play tables. Okay. So obviously, when I well, my my attention more went to that, then obviously you just want to do what the other. Yeah. You know, I didn't see many boys with me, so I just don't. I wanted to generally do that, and I think because I wasn't very good at it. When you play football, you know, you know, it's just like there's just loads of not issues, but opinions, and then you know, like athletics, just whatever you've done, there's always like some kind of argument. Yeah, I'm quite a peaceful person. Although now, like as I've grown up, I'm very competitive, you know, and like to not be right, but I know what I want, I know how to do it, how to get it. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. I've never looked at it from that point of view about you saying it's quite a peaceful sort of activity to do compared to other sports and. And like that is, you know, it's very different. That sport where do you think you gravitate gravitated more towards like individual sports opposed to team sports? Do you think that's something that you personally enjoyed? It's nah, it just been down I to mean, you. Like, no? I think when I look at my personality, I like to give. I like to help. You know, um, yeah. I think I would have been better, or maybe the best, the very best, if I was very selfish and an individual. But it's not really my personality. So like, it's always better to win with a team. You know, anything you yeah. do. Those memories will sit you in a room when you're 80 years old, and oh, I won this title with this guy in 1966. You know, like the World Cup or all those kind of just amazing things that the whole nation talks about. Yeah. So you know, you know, you know, you know, as if you're one man, you might talk about a title that you won, but the next year, you know, you know, you're on to the next one. Therefore, when you're a team, you know, no matter who drops out the team five years on the line, you know, you've got that connection with that person. Hey. Do you remember those days when we we done this? Not I, it's we done this. Yeah. Because there's no I in the team, you know. Even if we lose three two, we still lost. I could win my two matches as a Tatum's player, but we lost the doubles, and my other teammate lost his two matches. Yeah. So you know, it's always nice to, to you know you know people. I don't know. I think oh, Godfathers from those situations, family, friends. You know, they sit together, best man. I think I think you know. I mean, probably the biggest thing is football, isn't it? Where you know. You know, you win a World Cup together or a league together or, you know, Division One, Division Two, or we'll get a medal. You know, you I think you automatically just become brothers, you know, yeah. just a bit more. You know, there's a connection with you like there's just a connection, you know, more. Yeah. You know, you're part of that history. Therefore, it's just a single thing. 
yeah for sure it's uh there's great and for for kids getting involved in sport there's great things about both like you said there's that you know that that brotherhood that bonding there's a lot of there's a lot of skills that you learn um yeah, and, and, no, no matter what race yeah. of religion you know you know i mean do i think most Salah is loved by white black all kinds of people and i think probably He's probably like the you know, the most biggest maybe African Muslim you know star now in Liverpool, and then people will look at I think Egyptian people or whatever in a different line manner, you know. People might understand religious more now because he's fast and you know there's all these things that I think sport has no boundaries. It's probably the only thing that yeah. doesn't have any boundaries. I think it's the most important thing in anyone's life is to to play a bit of sport. I understand that it can't be bought; it has to be earned. Definitely, you know, it has yeah. to be, no matter how rich you are, it has to be earned. You have to. You have to deliver. Yeah, yeah. That's probably why you see a lot of poorer kids just doing it because for them it's life or death. For maybe a slightly more wealthier child, it's, you know, what well, doesn't matter. I'm still going back home and sitting in my four-bed mansion and daddy's driving me to, not that I'm being, you know, hopefully I'm not offending anybody, you know. You know, it's a different moment. You've got to get the bus to training and you've got to get it late and that, that hunger, that when it's that intense nine or it just means so much more, you know. It shows mm. you that against the odds, which you probably don't think about it as a kid, that you, when I look back and think, the, the odds that war was against me, you know, when we're going to a tournament, you know, such an invitation, you know, four kids in the back of a car, no seatbelt on, or someone sitting in each other's lap for an hour and a half, two hours, driving to Derby. You know, that's the kind of craziness yeah. I went through, you know, to, to get to a tournament and making it financially cheap or, or not having any money and my coach paying for the hotel with his own money. So I had to go practice every day to show my appreciation, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, totally. You know, um, and so all those things, when I look at it back at it now, I think, damn, you know, I can do anything because I've done that without knowing. Imagine yeah. I'm doing something and you do know and you've got a bit more, you know, you know what you're capable of doing because of just the hard times that, that you've had. Yeah, and ultimately that is the great thing about sport. It brings people together from all walks of life, breaks down all those barriers and you can go on your complete own individual journey within sport, which is great. So with table tennis, was... Were you drawn to it when you first started playing then? Not that it was an individual uh, pursuit, but were you drawn to it because you found it very challenging? You found it difficult? Or were you? did you feel like you were a natural at the sport? Yeah, did you I find you were talented? Kid, everything, when I was a kid, I was, I was good at I beat everybody at everything. Football, running. I, you know, I think, go back to school, I just definitely got medals with me winning, you know, like local kind of like, like you know, like uh, sports, 100 metres, long distance, whatever you name it, I was there you know, on it, competing. But, you know, I'd done it naturally without training. I think I'd just done it, you know, deportation was the first thing I'd done. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, I'm rubbish. I'm not the man anymore. You know, I'm not first yeah. choice or first captain. Yeah. And there's something... Like there's, there's, so yeah, I, I there, wanted to do something I could buy it. And then, yeah. And there's something very humbling about that though, being a beginner at something again and, and going, like there's something really valuable about the learning process of starting something new anyway. So how, how were you improving... I mean, and also, how old were you when you first started playing? Were you quite late to table tennis compared to some other kids? That... Eight, nine, eight, okay. nine, nine years old. And and how often? I... Yeah, how often were you playing? And and how did you? Every day. How did you improve? Every day, my coach made me a promise. Uh, Gideon Nasserson said to me, "Train me every day for a year and a half. I make it play for England." Okay. You know? I said, "Pardon." I said, "Like, okay, I've never left Axie before. Never tra- travelled on a plane." I said, "Okay, you're on." But obviously, I believed them because mm-hmm. um. Because uh, his kids, uh, I believe them because um, his kids play for England. Yeah, it's a no-brainer for me. Yeah, you know, simple maths. Okay, you, I, I didn't like him or I didn't like how he treated me because he's really strict. 
when you think when you look back and and you look at your training regime you said he was very strict with your training how was your training broken up in terms of you learning all the fundamental skills of 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 table tennis and and how did that how did that look for you that training regime that you was on especially going into your teenage years as you got more competitive and and the the, the level started going up um well i think obviously i, I knew about commitment and hard work when they did like nine ten so like i think when you've got a commitment you know it, it just makes sense obviously as you get older you know you understand a bit more but my coach gillian at the time he always explained to me why we're doing this because often he wasn't there, we would train together with the other kids, so we was able to coach each other, because our oh, Gideon said this, do it like this, not just, and we knew why we had to do it, if that makes sense, and we all just became tables fanatics, obviously when I went to the England squad at the age of 12, you know, it's another level of coaching, where like, you know, it's like life or death, yeah, if you're not performing well, you're out of the squad, so yeah. I mean, like, you learn these survival things from a young age, you know, and you would see like every six months, like this guy wasn't being back, invited back to the England camp, and you're thinking, oops, okay, he's gone, on a tour, he's not getting good results. <laughs> so it's literally yeah. like just it was it was just as brutal as that, you know. It's like I don't know, you know. When I look at, it, I just thought, wow, you know, like it's literally like maybe having a business, you know. It's cutthroat. One day a company's gone, one day it's not here. Whether it's you know Thomas Cook or or whatever, you know, you just make a few wrong decisions and big ones, you know, you're out, you're done. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you go and play football and you break your leg, you're out for six months. That's six months of you at such a young age not being able to improve. You're you're gone, you know. Yeah. You know, your confidence is low. So when I look at it like that, it literally was like doing that every day. But you just didn't, the difference is I didn't know that I was getting better. You know, you only kind of knew you were getting better was from the wins that you got. That was a confirmation. Wow, I'm getting better. And then you see it, then you start to win. And then you, you your ranking goes higher and not just England and Europe. You become number two in Europe at one stage, you know, under 13, under 15. And you're painting and seeing all these little signs, you know. It just shows you like how how good you were, you know. And again, it had to be earned. So, you know, I didn't really know I was good. It just you, the numbers start to change, kind of thing, I, I guess, or just like you know the, the results, or maybe then the attention starts changing from just the local media, the public. I think I went on blue PR. Like, oh, okay, I'm good. Yeah. You know, and I think you don't just get that by having a nice profile. Sometimes you get have a nice profile on the streets, you know, a little interview. But when you're constantly delivering as well. You know, I think it helps you, and you know, and you know, not that that was important to me, but it was, you know, um, it was nice for a young, you know, black man, black man or black, sorry, black young boy to to do something that's not so stereotypical as well. Yeah. So, when did you first get that uh, opportunity? You know, to play for England. You 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 said your coach said you, you had that. What? Twelve. Twelve years 12, old. Twelve years old. Yeah. Twelve years old. The tournament to Italy. I remember. Yeah. I remember like. Uh, didn't have a passport, I think. Got mom had to rush and get the passes to drive away to Peterborough to get one. Um, you know, um, and I didn't know it was going to happen. My coach said, it's going to happen, you're playing for don't worry. Yeah, but you don't know, you know, because obviously sometimes, you know, a coach promises you something, you know, you can believe that for a certain amount of time. And then obviously after a year, you don't play for and you're like, it's this guy's lying. But I think because he knew he was a good coach, he knew how good I was. But I don't, I didn't know, you know. Of course, you're getting to the quarterfinals, semifinals. But there wasn't no kind of clear criteria. If you're number one in England, number ten, and number three in England, you will play for England. It, you know, it was all kind of like hidden. Now there's a lot of sports where there's a clear criteria, there's a clear system. Everybody knows. Back then, the sport wasn't so evolved or, or maybe developed, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you're just freestyling. You don't know. Yeah, that's uh, it. You're all you're doing is just turning up every day and working yeah, as hard as you can. Yeah, turning up the tournaments. Yeah. You know, trying trying to be perfect, like. Maybe what I call professional, not just trying to be professional, turning up. Not just that one day he's at one day he's not here, he's on holiday with the family, or he's 
he's hurt his hand. He's playing a football tournament this weekend. It was just mm. straight table tennis every day, all day. Uh, when you look back and you think about when you first started playing and every day, all day, just playing, 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 do you find it amazing how many opportunities, uh, you know, and what sort of opportunities is like table tennis giving you in terms of traveling, you know, going all, all over Europe and worldwide events? It must be quite surreal when you look back and think of all the places you've been to and what, what table tennis has brought, brought to your life. Yeah, no, no, for, for sure. I mean, uh, I just think that, like, uh, you know, I'm the luckiest boy in the world, you know. I've met some of the most successful people in the world through, well, everyone I meet is because I play table tennis, not because of the other stuff I do now. It's because I play table tennis. So, I mean, like, no, I think I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Yeah. You know, that's how I think about it. You know, the luckiest guy, you know. I don't think anyone has done what I've done, come from where I've come from, achieved what I've achieved. You know, not that... Not that I I need to sit and say I'm amazing. I, I don't really don't really care, you know. I just because I feel like my story's not finished. Yet, I'm still quite young. I could still go back and back and play professionally now and train for England. I'll probably get back, maybe get back into the England team, maybe. And depending if I'm fit and I've got the motivation to to um, do it, if that makes sense. But I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's another 12 year old that that travel like me. They started traveling at 16 every week to another country, competing, playing free of charge making a bit of money, you know, um, not that that was the motivation, but just when I look at what people die for today, you know, going away for something for the weekend, taking a picture in France or Spain or we're doing this, you know, I was like, I was doing that for like, I don't know, 15 years ago, you know, like, yeah, you know, that, 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 that was my job. So I think to that, like, when I look at it, like, I'm really lucky, you know, like, for example, this weekend down to France for a match, I may not play, I may play, but, you know, to go to France, you know, as a kid, I just thought I'm going to Paris for the weekend, what's the point? Yeah. Now I'm thinking, oh my god, like you know, do you know, do you know how cool this is to go there, get paid, have a lovely meal there, be with some nice people that you've known for 15 years as well, 10 years from the sport, you know, yeah. and it's just what I do. I think it's a bit like I don't know, Rio Ferdinand, he's not retired, but he loves being involved in football. Yeah. You know, some of these guys, some of those guys can't stand it, and when it's different, I do as well. But when I look at, it, I think, wow, I mean, I'm not, I'm not too cool for this sport. I'm not better. This is what has made me. Yeah, that's really cool. So, so you obviously, you know, you said like, you know, the money weren't the motivation, the love of the sport. You know, where where did you get that draw? Obviously, you were turning up and you were working so hard every day. Where do you think that motivation came the from? Trophies. The trophies, man. The trophies were just showing me that, like, that was my my sign of like, yeah, you're doing all right. The trophies. Yeah. You know, because see, coming up, finishing in the London Pullman in the novice category, finishing tenth. I think I've got some of the some of the certificates somewhere. I must do if I if I if I did it, it's worth a million pound. I'm gonna stick that up on my wall, uh, you know, and get it framed. Finishing like it's a bit like I think like being a music artist and you're, you're doing a show and only a hundred people are there, and yeah. then ten years later on, you know, you've got you've got fifty thousand people in one evening obsessed with you. Yeah, it's it's, it's it was it's probably like that for me as in what I've done, you know, like wow, you know, I go to any country. And I pick up my back. They know me, or they heard of me, or, or something. Of course, I'm not a musician. It's not. It's not like that. But I mean, uh, but I mean, uh, but you know, it's <laughs> so it's, it's it's quite it's quite a good for me. It's quite a good. It's an amazing feeling, you know. Um, and only I can do that. Only I've done that, you know. But I think it was the trophies that made me you know I still had another when I compete and you get paid. I I would happily take a ten twenty percent cut and pay and have a trophy. Yeah. 
Okay. You know, you're not going to go and buy a trophy and go, wow, I won this. You know, that again, it has to be earned. That, that, that trophy, that money, as you get to an adult, it goes and roll life bills. And, you know, and to stay alive, you know, that trophy is like, you know, I think no matter how poor you are yeah. or how how much down you go in life from where you used to be, it's just like, wow. You know, like, you know, I was something back in the day, you know, I was quite good. A lot of times, yeah, people say, like, I could have been good, but, you know, I had to study or I had to go and work. Therefore, like, if I had that, if I, if I said that, I still got my trophies to remind me of, yeah. you know, how good I was rather than if I just have a memory, I've got a memory and the actual kind of mantelpiece to show. Yeah, cool. Yeah, for all that hard work that you've put in. One thing I wanted to ask you about with table tennis, and you know, I sort of played a little bit when I when I when I'm when I was younger, and it's funny because I think the general public's view of 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 table tennis is table tennis is perhaps that you know it's it's, it's quite an easy sort of an easy sport. Not a lot of fitness is required. You know, it can, if you compare it to tennis, and people don't really understand what's going on with the skill and the spin of the ball. Um, how and also it's very fine margins with table tennis with, with points and it's very high pressured situations where a point or here can matter so much when you was preparing for a game and when you was in a game how would you know would you get nervous how did you deal with nerves how did you how, how did you approach games mentally to feel like you was mentally strong prepared and would was there anything you would do during a game to help you help you stay relaxed whilst you were playing i think it's like more like just like Breathing things, things to help you breathe a bit better. But sometimes, you know, you are two, two, nine, or you are nervous. But then sometimes, you know, you know, as you get better, you work with sometimes more psychologists. And my psychologist said to me, Dad, you know, you train really hard. You don't train for everything to be easy. You train so when it is tough to taste of look, dig deep now. This, this is when it gets fun, you know. And, you know, I think as I got better or older, I had to change the the, the mentality, the taste of how good you are, how fit you are, how fast you are. You know how good you're. You have to taste of how good you are. I think when you do the training, so that you can win those matches rather than I just want to win. You know, you know, everybody would give pay loads of money to God to tell them, you know, am I going to win? Am I going to win this match in the fifth set? You know, do you know what I mean? But yeah. I think that's the big thing I buy. I think as I get older, I'm like, you know, I can't deal with this stress. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a lot of stress. A yeah. Now. But uh, in my best times, you know, I, you know, I live for that. Come on, let's fight. Because when you win. You're high for weeks, months, literally high for weeks and months. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And is that, know, um, is that one of the biggest challenges about an athlete? It's just, in the end, it is quite exhausting through them highs and lows and that high, high pressure um, and just constantly being switched on all the time. It must be, it, you know, it must be tiring. It must be exhausting being in that, them high pressure games all the time. But like you say, that's what you live for and that's what you love doing. Yeah, for sure, but I think it's, it's, it's just the progress, you know. When you see, it's like maybe as a night, as a night when you have a child. I don't know, I don't have children, but you know, I've got a little bit. You see him just growing up, growing up. It's just, a, it's just such a nice thing to see, you know. And then obviously, when he's at a certain age, that's he's at his. That's he's not going to change, like going to change physically anymore or, or a language, but actually, you can still get smarter and get and, and get better if that if, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, you know, do you know what I mean? And I think, you know, people, some people it's mental, some people it's their language. Yeah. You know, it's all those kind of things, I think, uh, that, that you need when, 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 when you're an adult, you know. You know, maybe I'm 29 now, maybe in five years' time, you might talk and go, wow, he's really matured again and changed, or yeah. he's talking about <laughs> evolution, you know. I don't think you talk about evolution when you're maybe, when you're 20 years old, you think about, you know, PlayStation and Xbox. 
<laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. You know? Yeah, your priorities change and responsibilities and your outlook on life is very different at 20, you know, and then when you get to 30, it changes yeah. again. Um, so with, uh, I wanted to ask you about also how much the sport has developed and, and you know, when you look at like the bats and the speed and like the rubbers they're using on the bats now, but what about your fitness level requirements? How much fitter are the players now compared to like 10, 15, 20 years ago when you no, know you, you, f- you first started I playing? Don't feel ha- much fitter has that changed? Then, How's that changed? I think I think people are training smarter. Okay. You've got the yep. size limits to train smarter, but I don't because you know like if I want to get better, I can go and find out how to far along or the best way to do this. Back then, you didn't, you couldn't see a video of someone of what they were training. It was a secret. So again, I think the old school guys are a bit more geniuses didn't have, you know, everything was done just from maybe a feeling or a feel. Now, you can mechanically make a play. Not that you can, but it's like, yeah. no matter how, how fit you are, you still go to execute the shot. Yeah. You have to execute that shot. So it doesn't, not it doesn't matter. It matters at the very finest, finest level, I think. And it does help at the low level as well. But if you get a young kid and he's really fit, if, if you can't put the ball on the table at 9-0, it doesn't matter about your fitness. Yeah. If he's got the nerves or he's got the hips, so it doesn't matter, you know, how fit you are. Yeah. Uh, but I think obviously at the higher level, you know, it you need does, everything. You know? Yeah, you need yeah, you, you need, need everything. You, you just you, you need to be. And obviously, I think um, you know, um, for me, um, it's, it's 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 just really important to like find that right balance. You know, some sports like you know, I don't know, Tiger was probably I, I heard. I'm not sure. Like he was a golfer that went to the gym and took it serious. So then he everyone's always raising the level. But I think now with the fitness side of things. It matters mm-hmm. at the highest level, you know. Uh, of course, it does. It matters at all levels to a bit, but you've still got to be able to, you know, drugs. You know, some people are like, you know, it's not just running in a straight line. Yeah. You know, it's it's much more than that. So even if you took those drugs and you were fast, you've got to be able to serve the right at the right time and keep the serve short, execute the short. Everything you're doing is life or death. And for me. Yeah, yeah. You know, okay. tennis is very much more endurance. Yeah, longer rallies, longer pitches, the beats, whatever have you not. But you know. The execution thing is a, is a lot more finer than tennis, I would say. I mean, I don't get any argument. Yeah. It's just that, you know, um, there's so much science and physics involved and math that, you know, your brain works about automatically. You don't kind of go, oh, yeah, this is 90 degrees, let me play it like this or that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're, you're just, you're just, it's all probability. Yeah, yeah. No, it makes sense. Um, also, how are you breaking up your training in terms of how your you know, improving in like your your in, own individual shots when you're served to your backhand to your forehand, working on your returns. I mean, how is that structured? Is it more short and intense bursts? Um, you know, in terms of you rallying, um, do you have someone feeding just a ton of balls to you all the time? I mean, how how do you physically train and what's your style of, of, of training? How, how do you like to uh, do it? Uh, I mean, I think there's nothing better than like a hard physical session. You know, but obviously, um, you know, when I'm tired, sometimes, you know, if you're tired and you're not trying to play matches, it's bad practice because you're going to be tired. You can't, but sometimes you're going to be in a and you are going to be tired. So then what do you do? So I think you've got to train for, as I've gotten older, you know, you've got to train for how you play. Yeah. So if you're, if I'm, if I'm really cool, like, you know, I don't say much, like Fedor, you know, I'm not like Fedor. <laughs> Who just never sweats. Like, yeah, you've got to train <laughs> like being cool, you know. But if yeah. I'm a bit, I'm a bit up and sometimes I get really frustrated. So, you know, when that happens, you know, I've got to work on my breathing stuff, you know. I've got to work on a few things. But I think um, training, there's, there's no right or wrong way. It's just what works for you. But generally, the, all the top players have a certain way. It's just you train hard, then you train smart. Because I think, obviously, the best guys in the world, you have to be smart. You have to deliver. 
So, yeah. um, so, so I think, and, you know, it's always important to do that service and return. Because obviously, if you can't return a serve, forget it. No matter how good your backing is, you've got to be able to get that get that serve on the table. Yeah, And then you've true. got to serve it short at cru- crucial points. So I learned that as I got older, hang on a minute, if I'm serving, my serves go long when I'm tired. So why don't I do a run and then do my serves? I'll do some sprints and then, and then do serves. If I do, if I do my serves at 9 o'clock in the morning, I'm calm, I'm cool, you know, I'm, I'm half asleep. Yeah. If you do it at maybe in the afternoon where you are going to be tired, you've had to work on your serves, and that's a probably a bit more realistic way to work in it, you know, to do it when than, than when you play matches because that's the feeling that, that you have, if you make sense. But, you know, some players might think different. So I think it just depends on everyone's needs. But I know that as I've gotten older and smarter, that's the way I would train children or people or adults or just myself. Isn't this is how you, this is how I think is the best way of training. Yeah. Okay. So over the o- over the years and for a long time now, um, you know, you watch like the World Championships and the Olympics, and you know, v- very much Chinese players are, are dominant. I know there's a young Japanese player now. I can't remember yeah, his Harry name. Moto, Harry That's Moto. right, Harry Moto, and he's really, really exciting to watch. And he's like, you know, fist pumps and shouting every five minutes, and he gets really, really animated when he plays. Um, how has that gap changed? Has it grown or got smaller between? Uh, you know, the European players and, you know, the, the Chinese players, has that gap got smaller or bigger? And the, and what is, the, what is smaller, the standard I like? I, 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 yeah. I think it's smaller. I think, I think smaller because everybody now has the same access. Everybody knows now what it is to be good. You know, just be crazy. Tavis is full of lunatics. You know? <laughs> full of you lunatics. Train, yeah. train and train. Follow yeah. your gut. Follow your instinct. You know, you know every, every European country now has a Chinese coach. Because you know they, they, you know, as a translator, like if you go to another country and you make them good, you look like the amazing coaches. Oh, they want to prove themselves as well. Some of the Chinese coaches don't want to leave, and you know, so the gap is look. You know, when I was 15, it was like you were told that you can't beat the adults. As the bat sports are telling you, all and change where you don't need less so much physical. Well, you need power still. You know, like you now have a 15 year old being guys that are like 20 years older than them. That's scary. Yeah. I oh, know. Same that's... to the kids, like guys, like get on with it. Because when I was young, it was you know I need five more years to to get this level. No, you can do it now, 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 now. So what I think is is sensational. Yeah. You it, know, it... I'm sure the guys he's just started going for puberty. He doesn't even have any hairs on him yet. <laughs> he's in, he's, yeah. he's he's incredible. And what what is about him that's made him so good at such a young age? Is it is he got fearless? Like... He's fearless, isn't he? He's just completely he's fearless. fearless. Yeah. He doesn't care. He just wants to beat you and like. He's got great tennis, got great anticipation, you know, and I think for him, not that he can go down, but every he's a target, so for him to stay at that level, it's even more harder. Yeah. It's yeah. even more harder, you know, you know, and, and but I mean he'll develop and grow. And I just hope he doesn't burn out. You know, the guy's he's the guy's not even done his GCCs yet, you know, or know. Is in Japan, you know. It's mad. It's absolutely no, crazy. He's potentially probably the greatest sportsman ever because you know, you don't have a 15-year-old playing in a World Cup final or quarterfinals. It's just not possible in football. But that will happen sooner and more and more and more as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like I, you say, I think he's yeah. got to be the greatest athlete right now in the world. Yeah. And, it, and there's a lot of people that wouldn't even know who he is unless you follow table tennis. What, what do you think the overall popularity of table tennis? Do you think it's on the rise? More, more and more people are watching it? Um, and how, yeah, yeah, I think because yeah. social media and all these crazy rights, people can see it. But yeah. um, I think it, there's two kind of everybody plays and everybody knows about it. How much people go and watch it and pay ten pounds to watch tapes? 
that's I think that's where our sport is really behind. Yeah. The sport hasn't evolved like the 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 twenty the other sports in the world, you know. You know, like your 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 basketball league and your basketball is big in America, but it's getting bigger in the UK. I think it needs someone that everyone likes it, but no one has managed to crack it yet. And I think it just needs one of those big time legends that yeah. you know have an interest in it. It's like their little hobby, and they want to take it to to you know everyone to be. Like not like a superstar, but you know, to show what 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 we really do. Whether it's a documentary made on us on the BBC, or you know, someone's really getting behind the scenes of this crazy sport that has loads of health benefits, dementia, Alzheimer's, how it helps prevent that or or slow that process down, keeps yeah. you fit, keeps you. You can play this with your mum, your grand, your brother, your sister, and and it be okay, you know. So I mean, um, I think it's it's just highly underrated, but I think um, the right people to get behind it and make it popular, you know. Um, um, and the sport will be there. It has it's the second biggest, most participated, participated sport in the world in terms of ranking of most popular sports and on TV and stuff like that. It's probably not even top twenty. It's not top twenty in all sports. Yeah, it's like you, you say. Know? Everyone loves table tennis, and it's it's so funny. But it's just that that elite high level. You know, it's just not given enough. Um, it's not given enough respect. It's not given enough footage. Um, you know, like just mainstream BBC. You know, you just don't. It's not in the media that much, but with social media and and all the all the access, I'm sure it will be. I'm sure it will be on the rise, um, and more and more people will start getting involved. It's and it's the clubs as well. You know, there needs to be more local clubs popping up, and but yeah, it's a but great I think it needs great to be sport. To football. I think you know, as a dream, I'd love to play for. I'm from London. I'd love to play for Chelsea Football Club. Yeah, Hampton's team. You know, the football clubs have enough money to do that to have a table in white. I think the sport to really get a big break in is something like that. Chelsea and the team. Yeah. And they put 200k in. It's nothing. It's one player's wage for the week. Yeah. You play for four or five players to go and build the Chelsea brand in another way. Or you play on football kits and dual, you know, football. And I think that's that's the way I see it going. He wants to get in the right place, you know. Um, you have your name on the back of the shirt, your number. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You know, like, you know, football has that kind of, your number nine, if you want number nine or number one, is it? You know what I mean? This, there's, there's clever marketing things that need to be associated with the Twitter. You know, you're like, you know, I don't know, number seven. Yeah. On, on the back of your shirt, you know, like you're the main player in the team. That's what it means. I don't, I don't know. No, it no, just no, feels, yeah. Football. It feels like there's a lot of ways it could go. There's a lot of ang- There's a lot more that could be done. But that's a good thing. The fact that there is more that can be done means it can only get better. Um, it's a good thing, but I don't think it's going to help me in my lifetime. Yeah. No, it's good. It might take a little bit more time. Um, yeah, but I'm happy to be a part of the process, you know, because yeah, someone has given me a beautiful life, you know, whether how much ups and downs I've had. For sure, mate. You know, and you've, who I am. you've done a hell of a lot for the sport. So 2012 Olympic Games, that must have been an incredible experience. Because it being London, you know, your home games. What was that experience like, you know, getting picked for... Pick for Team GB and yeah, just could you sum up just the whole experience of, of, of that summer? Yeah, man, I was proud to be British then, you know, I think um, what happened is that you didn't have any negativity, you know, everybody, you know, all the negative press before, everybody just got involved with it, uh, they helped, obviously you got your teammates, you know, obviously I had a big campaign with Coca-Cola as well, so that helped with my name all over the streets of London, obviously because I was from London. Um, you know, uh, it was a bit too early in terms of my uh, athlete career, I guess. But you know, I, Darius Matt, can't change <laughs> when the Olympics is coming to where where he's going. You know, um, and, and I think it's just it's quite important for the country of uh, obviously Britain for that to happen. You know, uh, and show that sports is important, and not just your main sports like football and and rugby or cricket. You know, 
there's other sports and I think a lot of athletes have made the name for themselves. They they've done really well and have great lives after after the the Olympic Games, which probably would never have happened beforehand. So I mean, um, I think you know it hasn't done any bad to anybody. Of course, some people that did that didn't get there have been upset and heartbroken. But I'm guessing if you're an athlete, you know the business, you know what it's like. It's, it would have then shaped you to do the next thing that you're doing, whether it's to go back and study and finish your study, you know, all those kind of things. So yeah. I think, uh, you know, it was, it was great. You know, the Queen was involved. David Beckham was involved. You know, all these iconic, legendary people, you know, was involved in, in the show. Yeah, for sure. It was such a memorable summer and, yeah, one that a lot of us won't forget. It was, it was incredible. Um, the rain was, there was no rain. It was like, you know, it was <laughs> yeah. beautiful, man. It was cool. It was a great time. Um, awesome, mate. So before before you go, you know, I jumped on your website, um, darisknight.com, and looked at some of the great things you're doing. I know you're doing a lot of you doing a lot of coaching in schools, and could you sort of sum up what what you're doing at the moment, um, and what what you're building at the moment, and yeah, like what's most of your your time taken up with at the at the moment? Um, of course, you know, coaching. Obviously, when I stopped playing a little bit and got, got uh, wanted to find out what I wanted to do, coaching was the safest thing that I could do. So I was down from London, I'm from Battersea, you know, it's now Battersea is quite a, a wealthy area, I'm very close to Chelsea, you know, central London. So I started coaching uh, in, in schools locally, started to build up, you know, uh, I've got a few employees that work for me. Um, I started to uh, build up something that I wanted to be last and I wanted not to be able to ask people for money and hope for sponsors. I was tired of being sponsored, being used, you know, yeah, we're sponsored for a couple of years and then after that we've got we wanted to be gone or the company's plan has changed. So I wanted to just be like more of a self-made independent person, you know, and just not have to ask anybody for money or have a business that people are choosing to pay rather than, oh, can you sponsor me? Can you, you know, I thought I was getting a bit too old, you know, to um, to do that. And come, coming back to live in London, and you know, if I'm never going to afford to buy a house, you know, I need to, I need to, you know, learn to be a man, you know, and, and do, do more because I wasn't happy where the sport was going at the time. Uh, and, and, and I look back at this and I think it's great. So I've got that. I've tried to put my own little brand called obviously Darius Knight. You know, so I've been through like three little stages of it. Of it. And the first logo, and second now I want to my third and final logo, which I think is, is perfect. But I would say that because it's, it's my my name, my brand. And now I've got my sports equipment because obviously um, I can't be in 100 schools at once. I can't, you know, I wanted something that actually I could make make money while I was sleeping. So obviously, um, you know, you start off at home by getting bats, making them, selling them. Um, if, that, if that makes sense. And, um, and yeah. so, yeah, I've got my bats and sports direct. It's in Argos. It's obviously it's on Amazon. Anybody can get an Amazon though. So I mean, um, you know, uh, I think um, I've done quite well to get in those kind of high level um, channels. And it's just been a slow process. Of, you know, first I had a bat, and I've got three bats now. Now I've got uh, nets. I've got different types of nets. I've got balls. So I want. I just want to be the bit. You know, like your new butterfly going forward. But I think you know, I'm from London, established in London, made in London. You know, for me, and I think. I think um, it's got that, that, that magic and it's a real story. It's not often that you hear a brand with like a real story from the owner. Not that I'm ever going to be like a Nike or Adidas, but, you know, my name is my name, you know, and I think, um, you know, uh, you know, it's doing okay. It could be doing better, of course, but, I mean, uh, I'm happy with just the progress I've made. You know, it's not a business to say I've got a business and look at me. It's just a business that actually it does generate some money. I'm able to reinvest in it and go bigger, go stronger. You know, some of the, the parents that I've met over the years from the schools have, like to see my purpose as a as a young man or as an adult and they wanted people just wanted to invest and be part of you know maybe a, a organic journey so from having the, the coaching i've got the equipment i've got my own school league i do my own tournaments for the kids um it's all local you know from the area so i just want to keep building that 
Um, I, did, I then have a logistics company uh, with Amazon. So I've got like, I don't know, 30 drivers that work for me every day uh, with Amazon. So yeah. I mean, um, pardon? Yeah, mate. Yeah, carry on. So yeah, so I've got like a little logistics company. Well, a little big, takes up a lot of time. Not, not, not the most enjoyable thing I do. But I mean, uh, the coaching and uh, the equipment is definitely like my biggest passion. Something that like I want to pursue and make it a, a real big, successful company and name. Uh, name, name. Not, not for me to go. I'm Darius Matt, but just, to just people just go. I love the brand and I love the quality of stuff. I love the bats. You know, it's, it's a real story on from the the bats and the reason why and the names. You know, everything. But yeah, so I've got that. Those two things happening. Um, so tapes and this coaching, tapes equipment and uh, logistics. Yeah, so, awesome, I mean, mate. This is quite, quite, quite a big thing. And um, takes up a lot of time. I've got like an operation manager, a manager. Yeah. Um, 40, 50 drivers. That's awesome, mate. Oh, yeah. Well, you've given people a lot of jobs and you must be a busy man. Your phone must be going off left, right and centre. Oh, my phone's horrible. <laughs> I, want to change, I need to change my number. Because it's like, obviously, yeah. I need to start organic. You know, they all want yeah. to call you. But I said, guys, look, call the manager. Don't call me. Just call me at the very last uh, last, last solution. But I mean, yeah. um, you, know, um, you know, I think to build anything, you know, it just takes time and you've got to just build it up. Awesome, Darius. Sounds really good, mate. Some great stuff there. Um, so at the end of the podcast, mate, I always ask, uh, these three questions to, to each guest um, and those are sort of like the areas of inspiration so I always ask the guest about a book that they've read a film or documentary that, that they would recommend that people check out and then a person that has inspired them at some point so do you have do you have a book that you've read that you'd recommend? Um, yeah there's, 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 a, there's two books probably um, uh, one's called The Everything Store for since Everything Store by uh, yeah. Jeff Bezos and the Age of Amazon. Okay, um, it's quite uh, so it's by Brad Stone, so it's quite good, and it's more about the mentality of Jeff Bezos, how he's built the biggest company in the world, and just the mentality of him. Yeah, and he's so daring, so just open, just like let's just go, you know. And it's a bit like I'm like Jeff Bezos, but you know, it's like, let's just go, man. Let's just do it. Let's just find out we did. Obviously, it, it makes sense, and I think. From a young age, I've always made not the best decisions, but decisions that have led me to go keep going forward in life. And and, 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 and so I feel like my decision makings are not always the best, but they always somehow lead me into the right place, as long as I'm not being too stupid. Yeah, cool. So, so, um, so that, and then uh, probably the other book is probably the main one for anyone I think that will help them or any parents or kid or adult is uh, is a book by Matthew Cycle Bounce. Yep. Um, it's quite a, like a big hit in all the schools and um um, I was I was in the book, so I was, I was quite honourable and quite lucky to be in the book. But I think it's a great book to to read to say that you know talent isn't uh, 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 given it. It's it's hard. It's work. The yeah. harder you work at it, the better you get. The more it looks easy. You know, Messi wasn't born with maybe some people are a bit better than others, but you know he's still Messi. And they still worked hard. You know, they still are the hardest working players in the world compared to the others. And I think that like when you're hard working and you're smart, you know. Um, you know, not everybody has those, those attributes. You know, some people are talented, but they're just lazy. You know, some people are hard working, but not so talented. And I think it all levels out a little bit. And obviously, some is about the opportunity. A lot of these opportunities do come by luck. Just grabbing it with both hands, you know? Yeah. Um, and a lot of those things have happened with me with just loads of people that I've met in life and business and just opportunities. Sometimes it's from an unfortunate thing, sometimes it's from a, 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 like, a fortunate thing as well. So that's that. Um, so that, that's probably my two books. Probably number one book would be obviously Bounce. Yeah, uh, by Matthew Saeed. Awesome, uh, mate. Really good. Two really good recommendations. And that's why I always ask because, like, 
each episode, everyone has said a different book. So, yeah, and that's two new books there that people could check out. So what about a movie or a, like a documentary, something that people can watch? Um, you, know, you know, I don't really um, watch much movies. I don't have like a, an all-time uh, favourite, but I watch a lot of anime. Anime is like my, my big thing. Like, oh, okay, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm obsessed with anime, so like, yeah. that's like, I think if every kid watches... You know, because there's always a bigger limit than an end for me. So, like, uh, the one I've been crazy about for, like, 10 years is something called Naruto. Okay. <laughs> and right. I just watch it. I want my brother to watch it when he's old enough. He's, like, nine now. So when he gets to 12, I want to watch it because I think it just shows your decisions in life. You know, we're all better together. I think that's the message I get from it is that yeah. we're better together, you know. And everybody's got their own ability and special power. Put, I mean, um, I feel like that's uh, the same thing in humans and company. There's no I, it's always about us. And, you know, some people have to sacrifice them to do this. I believe Amazon, a lot of people make sacrifices to get Jeff Bezos to where he is. And sometimes they're not part of the story now, but it's still that kind of organic story. And I think it's just like in life, no matter everybody you start with, you, you finish with. And yeah. that's what that anime basically tells you, that through hard work, being together, you know, we're a village, we're a tribe, we must do what's right for even for families, you know. You know, you know, like you respect, respect the eldest person in the family because he's maybe created everybody's opportunities. So no matter what, you listen to dad, you know, or you listen to grandma because she's helped everybody and went through the difficult times. So that's what I get out of that anime. So okay. um, I, I wouldn't get it. I mean, it's like 600 episodes of 20 minutes. People have got to put the time would, in. Yeah. Would watch it. yeah uh, but in terms of a film, I don't know. I don't have, I don't have the focus to watch a film. I don't have it. No, uh, you, you sound you sound mind. like you got too much energy. You're just here, there, and everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mind only lasts about twenty minutes. <laughs> I, think, uh, I, I work for you know twenty minutes is like that's it. I can sit down there, yeah, be peaceful, and then after that, um, yeah. So so that 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 the film, if I put on top of my head right now, the equalizer's in my brain. You know, the yeah. equalizer. Okay. You know, yeah, uh, my yeah. Name's Washington, but I wouldn't say it's like you know cinematic the best film ever, but it's just you know he's a good person. <laughs> you know, look after the world. You know, um, something like that. Yeah. Just, you know, kill all the bad guys. But, I mean, uh, yeah, it's just not like my best film, but it's just one that is just in my head now. Awesome, mate. That's cool. And what about a person to finish off? Someone that's inspired you at some point in my life. Yeah. Um, probably right now, like, probably a guy called Charles Sarchi. Um, and he's he's been a big inspiration in my life. Um. He's a good guy, and uh, the, the more I read about him and the fun about him, he's he's done a lot for the world, you know, in terms of marketing, art, uh, whatever you want to name it. You know, um, he's a real top guy. Awesome, mate. Love that. Um, and that's it, mate. Mate, I so appreciate you coming on because by the sounds of obviously this podcast, I know you're really, really busy and your phone's, you've probably got about 100 text messages since we've been chatting. Um, <laughs> but I, I appreciate it, mate. No, I appreciate, I really appreciate your time. And yeah, just good luck with everything that you're doing in the future. No, 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 no pleasure. Just let me know anything. If you need to get any other opinion for an athlete, let me know, and I'll try and uh, I'll try and help. Thank you, and mate. I, I like to do it. They always want to, you know, try and get us out there. So, no, happily, just let me know anyone you want to try and talk to in terms of athletes. So, if you can have me on Twitter, I can see who I follow. If you yeah, want. that's great. Anything, anything on Instagram, just let me know. Appreciate it, Darius. Thanks, mate. Thanks for coming on. Okay, thank you very much. Cool, guys. Hope you enjoyed the episode, and I'll catch you on the next one.